0: Hi, I'm Leah Wheatholter, owner of Workman Forensics, and this is the Investigation Game Podcast. Welcome to today's episode of the Investigation Game Podcast. Today I have with me Alicia and Tim. They're part of our creative team. I asked them to join us today because this is our 10th episode. Woo! We made it.
1: (laughs) The Big Ten. A lot of people said we would never make it, but we're showing that. I'm just kidding. I'm
0: kidding. That might have been me. Just kidding. (laughs) I never thought that. I know, um, I know we're going to make it to like yeah, 100. That's good. So. She's the newest person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still fresh. Got fresh eyes. Got fresh right, ears. Right. <laughs> Always energy. Yeah, and special for our 10th episode, the Investigation Game podcast now has its very own logo. That's mm-hmm. how yeah, you
1: can see it wherever you're looking at it right now. Probably
0: oh, looking yeah, straight right. at it right now. <laughs> it needed its own logo. The podcast needed its own logo because it is kind of confusing. that The podcast is named the same as one of Workman's products. Now it's got its own logo. Mm-hmm. So what's
2: like, what is the big difference between the podcast and the game, I guess?
0: Yeah, so one, I just loved the name The Investigation Game. And so whenever we created The Investigation Game, which we'll get into later what that looks like, whenever it was time to create the name of the podcast, I mean, we could have been like, you know, The Fraud Crushers or the... <laughs> Why did we think of that? Only, or you know, the Sherlock Holmes wannabes, or something like that. Like we could have come up with, yeah, I know we could have come up with anything. But I just really love the Investigation Game. And uh, when we were going through the trademark process for the Investigation Game, we realized that it's actually a double entendre that it could mean a couple things. So it could literally mean a game, or game could also mean like profession. So you know, oh, they're in the banking game. Oh, they're in the whatever game. So. It, it just worked, and I just loved it a lot. Because it's a really good use of graphic design resources. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I'd love to just take the same thing and repack it to repurpose and mm-hmm. all of that.
2: So. I never put those two things together. Yeah? Just, mm. I never say like, oh yeah, he's in the real estate game. Right. Like, that's never my two But you have heard of before. Yeah, like now be that like, she oh. said it, I'm like...
0: Yeah, I didn't it really does do work. hear that pretty often. And, and I wanted it to be like broad enough where we could talk about any type of investigation or we could talk about forensic accounting or like today we're going to be talking about some creativity and innovation. And I just wanted it to be broad enough where we weren't like pigeonholed into something. At Workman, one of our kind of newer, kind of an aspirational identity is that we help people become a modern day Sherlock Holmes. We do that by helping people become data sleuths or in lots of different ways. And we'll talk about that later. But Anyway, that's the difference between of it. the yeah. investigation game, the actual game that will have like multiple cases right now, the case of the man cave, and then the investigation game podcast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. very exciting. Okay. Let's talk about you two though. Tim started with us in February mm-hmm. and Alicia started in June-ish. Yeah, I want to say this too. He came for two days and then went on vacation, <laughs> but no big deal. <laughs> not that, you know, don't hold that against you. So to let's start it. with Alicia. Tell us a little bit about your background.
2: So I'm from California and i moved here when my boyfriend got a job in journalism so we just kind of decided to just go i went to cal state fullerton with a double major in communications and film before this i worked at a trucking company as their kind of pr and like creative department so i do a lot of their social media kind of like what i do now but there was definitely a lot less professional i guess in a way oh. <laughs> i know that sounds oh, well, so good. bad oh, no Tim, I'm... I'm professional yeah this is <laughs> like very a lot more structured yeah. because it was just me at my previous mm-hmm. job so I was kind of like I guess I'm making this today you know a lot that of my job sense. it's just you know it was fun it's like one of those things where like my creative side came out but also my ability to like plan things out and like put things together was really um what's the word I'm looking for like put to a test because mm-hmm. i would never had to do it by myself before so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. yeah I learned a lot and I think I hope that everything that I
0: did there kind of comes through here. I think so. Oh, God. Definitely. (laughs) I I, I mean, I am very self-taught in Mm. a lot of uh, almost everything at Workman. I am self-taught. And so I think there's just something about the confidence that being self-taught you just know that anything that's put in front of you like you can just google or youtube and figure out how to do it and make it awesome it's Mm -hmm. all just a solvable problem yeah yeah and and tim does the same like we're all self-taught and so we can just anything we want to make we can just make because we can probably figure it out so one of my favorite things though is about a radio show that you hosted yeah in college in college yeah yeah yeah. i forgot about that Mm.
2: but uh i had a show (laughs) Yep, I had a show called Dog on It.
0: Oh, yes, yes,
2: yes. It was all about dogs. And I I will admit, it was, like, mostly music, and a lot of times I forgot to talk about dogs because it's (laughs) it's a college radio show, so it's, like, you know, you're just mostly having fun, but, like, we would talk about things to help your dog, local adoption centers and, like, stuff like that, just kind of give people more information. Like, I guess in a way it was kind of an informative radio show, but mainly it was... I would make playlists for, like, things to do with your dog.
0: Oh, I know, my like, goodness. I wish
2: I you would. Oh, that's I had incredible. A, I had a playlist for, like, if you wanted to do laundry and, like, with your dog. With there. your dog? I know.
1: Can, I can mean, you give me a song that was on that playlist? <laughs> I
2: can't even. It was probably, like,
1: He's all on like Spotify Sarah still Borelli's.
2: Somewhere. Like, yeah, it's still on there. There's. I haven't oh deleted gosh. them. We need to go find them. Yeah. They
0: still exist. She just walks in one day and we're playing her do laundry with your dog playlist. <laughs> nice? I
1: think you're probably losing.
0: Okay, Tim. Tim's our creative coordinator. And do you want to talk a little bit about your background?
1: Sure. Um, I talked a little bit about this in the first episode mm-hmm. way back when, when we were on uh, a brand new podcast. Uh, <laughs> and how
0: many takes did it take for me to just start the podcast? A lot of takes like, to get like
1: that money. podcast started, but yeah. we got there. We are there. But yeah, so I am from Oklahoma. I was born in Tulsa. And then I went to college at ORU for guitar performance, which is a very useful degree. <laughs> <No comment>. <laughs> <laughs> but then after uh, college, I, with my brother, I, I guess it was during college, during part of high school, even, we started a tabletop board gaming website where we would sell board games and card games online. We slowly moved into a physical space as well. And in that process, we wore a lot of different hats because we were young, yep. scrappy, and hungry yep. doing all that. And I had to learn a bunch of stuff about design and creating things and websites and all that stuff and have been working on those skills ever since mm-hmm. moving forward. I eventually got married, and the hours of working for that website were a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And so I needed a change of pace, so I uh, came here. And have been here ever since, you know, just pushing through uh, all of the stuff that you guys have been enjoying. So,
0: yeah. And then we also have one other member who got us all set up today. His name's Jordan, and he's awesome. And he's great. Maybe he'll join us for another show sometime. Hopefully. We may have touched on this in the very first podcast, but I just think that my experience is kind of unique in how I stumbled into this and working for the FBI under Janetta, which, if you haven't listened to that podcast, Oh, so good about check kiting and She's fancy great. schemes. She's awesome. But she really taught me the foundation for how to investigate cases starting with data. And so when I first started Workman Forensics, oh gosh, almost nine years ago. We'll be nine years old in November. Aww. Happy birthday. Work- almost <laughs> the digits, like the podcast. I know, almost. <laughs> yeah. And so... She showed me that, and I remember whenever I started working in forensics, everyone that was in this field was so much older than me and had all this experience, and so they could, you know, sit at the stand, testify in a hearing or at trial and say, oh, based on my experience, this is what I think happened, and so I knew I was in trouble real fast, because at 26 years old, you know, I can't really sit on the stand and say that. That's when we started looking at data, like how could I take what Janetta had taught me at the Bureau, and how do I apply that? To whatever problems come in. And that's been foundational in innovating in our space. And just, I was looking at data when we still had to hand in our bank statements. Like there was not technology to import that. And so my mom likes to say that I've grown up with this industry and I think it's put us in a cool position. So that I got to kind of figure out how does all of this work? And then I started realizing, oh, I'm doing the exact same thing every time, and so then with the help of my team, we've been able to systematize things, and then from systematizing, that's resulted in products, and so we could just go on and on. But
1: yeah.
0: anyway, should we talk a little bit about workman forensics, please? Yeah, please? yeah. Okay. I, when I first yeah. got
2: here, people would ask, "So what is this business?" I'm like, "It's money.
0: It's, it's money. money. It's accounting. <laughs> I get paid every other, you know twice a month. <laughs> There's stories." Uh, yeah. So Workman Forensics, first of all, Workman is my maiden name. My dad was the last of the Workman line. And so I decided to carry on our family name through our business name, my business name. So that's where the Workman comes from. But I am 100% owner of this place. People sometimes are very confused by that. Do what? Where's Workman? Yeah, where's Workman? (laughs) I'm Workman. But anyway, so I started it a year before I got married. So forensic accounting is has typically, uh, forensic actually just means can be used in a court of law. That's what forensic means. It's become a noun, you know, but it, it wasn't. I mean, that's, it was just accounting that could be used in a court of law. Is so really We have what CSI
1: it was. to think for that.
0: Yeah, CSI. Now it's forensics. It's the lady who does forensics. That's like what people say, which is fine. It's true.
1: You are the lady that does forensics. Um, I
0: am. As you know, in focusing on data, I mean, I do have accountants on our but also we're investigating. We're really finding solutions to whatever someone's concern might be. And we use data to answer that question. For example, if a business owner calls us and says, I think that this individual is stealing money through payroll, then we automatically think, okay, great. She thinks she's having a problem with payroll. Here are all of the sources that payroll data that's available. And we're going to use what we know about that data to find what doesn't match. What was the agreement? How much did this person really get paid? And then the delta of that is how much they stole. So that's pretty simplified, but essentially that's what we do every day. I like to say that we look at it like a Venn diagram, that data analytics and all these fancy words are really just a Venn diagram. What happened, what should have happened and where does it overlap so that you can see what's matching, what's non-matching. And that really is what we do every day, but we can do that for people who suspect theft in their business We help a lot of people um, find hidden assets that exact same way, you know, going through divorce or child support or partnership issues. I mean, that's what we do Mm -hmm. for all of them. And that's resulted in lots of fun things.
2: I've heard quite a few of them.
0: Yes. (laughs) Every day you learn about more. All right. Well, why don't we just take a break real quick and then we'll jump into some other fun stuff. Sounds good.
2: See you soon.
1: Find Money in Divorce is something um, Workman Forensics has created to help people who are going through a divorce, who are thinking about getting divorced, or maybe who don't even know what's going on are just seeing some red flags in their marriage or their finances and want to know what's going on want to figure it out. And so what we've created is a way for the everyday non-accountant person to come in, look through their stuff. We had the special training or workshop that we've created. We're going to walk you through your own information and we're going to use our process. I'll tell you right now, it works. And um, we're going to walk you through it, kind of like follow the leader style. You can bring your own information. We're going to tell you what to look for, what to zero in on, and hopefully it's going to empower you. At the end of the day, divorce is hard. We get that and we want to help.
0: Welcome back. I wanted to jump into talking about some of the different products. We talked about how many we have in general and some of those things, but let's talk about the ones that we're promoting right now. And also, I mean, we've just like dove in headfirst on a lot of these. So I thought I'd start off by talking about Data Sleuth and what that is. Data Sleuth, I mentioned earlier, is the machine behind our investigations. It is a team and a process where we are able to take Whatever issue a client brings to us and we identify a plan that is based on data, data that's available, data that maybe even the client doesn't know that it's available. I mean, we got like some pretty sweet stuff. But over the last few years, last couple of years, we've really been honing this process where we have some uh, CPA on staff and fraud examiners and uh, so forth. But we've been able to really diversify our team to make it like this combination of fraud examiner, accountant. Private investigator and also tech. It's just this kind of strange combination that works. And one of my favorite definitions of sleuth you know, you're going to investigate a crime, you're going to look to see what happened in the crime, and then you're also going to see, you're looking for who committed that crime. What I like about that is that we don't necessarily have to predetermine or prejudge a situation. It's not about, is this person capable of being like a good person or a bad person? Or did they intend to do this or not intend to do this? Being a sleuth is just, what do the facts say? What does the data say? And then we go with that. We don't have to make any judgments. And so in doing that, that's, that allows us, I think, to kind of shift our focus from being like wannabe law enforcement to now we're on your side whatever side that is, it doesn't actually even matter because we're not even going to like prejudge our client. We're just going to say, oh, that's what you want to find out. Let us use data to solve that problem. Then we go in and whatever the data uncovers, that's that's what it is. That's just the facts are the facts. And so I think it's really helped us to change that focus to be more positive where we're just going to help people find money. We're going to help people find solutions to problems. So like I said, we have this really sweet process that captures the majority of a loss in a case, and allows us to be efficient, and it also allows us to offer our services at different price points, depending on the client's participation. On some of our cases now, because of this process, we can actually let a client work through the case with us where it just takes it down to a more reasonable consulting fee. Not to say it's, you know, as cheap as pulling through McDonald's by any means, but at least the participation, it makes it where more people can receive help from us without it being reserved for just certain demographics or only companies or like we can help more individuals of all types. So one of my favorite ways that we have taken our Data Sleuth concept and made it available for more people is through our Find Money in Divorce services. And all the services we're going to talk about and all of the products we're going to talk about today, you can find more about those at workmanforensics.com. They're all connected there. But Alicia, you've been working a lot on Find Money and Divorce and the communication, the marketing and all that. So do you want to kind of just talk about your involvement in that? And I know you're not a data sleuth on it, and but really talk about just kind of the origination, creation of it and what you like about it.
2: Yeah. So uh, one thing, my one of my favorite things about Find Money in Divorce is the idea that it's empowering people. And I think that's super cool mm-hmm. because a lot of times from what I've learned in Find Money in Divorce is that pretty often people will go to attorneys and they rely on attorneys to do basically everything for them because they're not used to knowing these things on their own because... Most times before somebody goes through a divorce, they never think, oh, I should be checking up on my bank statements or I should be checking up on my credit card statements. No one thinks of that because there's a lot of trust. and
1: My spouse is taking care of it. Yeah,
2: like my spouse is taking care. And I think that's and there's nothing wrong with that, of course. You know, in a marriage, you should be able to trust. But then when it gets to that point of maybe you don't trust each other anymore, maybe you're looking into a divorce. That's when you start to worry like, I'm screwed. Mm -hmm. So one thing I think that's really cool about this workshop is it kind of gives you your confidence back Mm -hmm. while also giving you the avenues to look at these things you never even considered before. If I were to go through a divorce right now, hypothetically, and someone said, okay, well, this is happening, you're getting a divorce, here's everything they're keeping, I'd be like, I don't know what any of this is. I'd be so lost and so confused. And I think that's the coolest part about Find Money in Divorce most of what I've been doing is the marketing side. So I'll do like the print ads or like a video, the video ads and stuff like that we're putting out. I think there's one ad where you phrase it the best. They get to be their own Sherlock Holmes yeah. in a way. Yeah. And I know that's one of your favorite things to mm-hmm. say. That's exactly the case. People get the opportunity to take care of themselves. right? And I think that this powerful way to step towards being by themselves, mm-hmm. not in a bad way, but in an empowering way where it's like, I can do this. I don't need this person.
1: Yeah. I, I wonder how many people, you know, haven't taken that step to get their ind- independence back yeah. because they're afraid of this aspect of it. Yeah, true. So mm-hmm. the, the cool thing about Five Money in Divorce to me is that you bring your own information and you're working your own case. Yes. So, yeah. like, it's not just like, here's, like, the methodologies and the ideals behind it and right. how we would do it if you know blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It's right. like, these are literally your bank statements, your credit cards, your everything that we're teaching you how to to go through to walk away from this with the knowledge that you need and so it's just really cool to me that you're able to do that and walk away with actual knowledge that's applicable to you right Mm -hmm. and how to do that for the rest of your finances and how to walk through all of that and if there are hidden assets or hidden money that you find it right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i love it a lot do you want to tell everyone the tagline you created (laughs) because i love it so much
2: so My tagline
0: that I, that we kind of like put together was
2: let us help you with your happily ever after. And at first I thought, is that mean to say,
0: but it's like, it is kind of a happily ever after for a lot of people. I mean, I think if the choice has been made, there's no reason for it to be a terrible ever after or a, um, you know, starting the spouse that's been controlling everything is now having some sort of head start in Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Like it can be a happily ever after and you can start out with a confident, like first step in that so i don't think it was negative i don't think so so i signed off on that (laughs) i loved it so let's talk about the next product we're gonna let tim talk about this one because you love games i do um let's talk about the investigation game case of the man cave
1: so investigation game case of the man cave as an accountant or a cpa or a lawyer or a number of different professional professions you have to have continuing education just Mm -hmm. to maintain your certifications and your accreditations i don't know all of the the fancy words yeah And typically a part of that is the ethics portion, Mm -hmm. which is usually someone reading a PowerPoint to you while you're sitting in a room for two hours. It's very dry, very boring and not fun. Right. You typically, I would say, don't learn a lot. It's just you checking boxes to try to get through it.
0: Kind of just depends. I don't know. I felt like it was kind of luck in the draw. Like, did you choose a good speaker? Or like, how entertaining is that speaker? But even if a speaker's entertaining, did you actually learn something you could go and apply? So, yeah, Yeah.
1: absolutely. It just, it it feels very like, I need to do this. So I'm doing it. I don't really care if I learn anything. Yeah, it's just, it's definitely just compliance. Most, I mean, obviously there are a thousand different outcomes here. But I feel like in general, that's the case. Uh, and we saw that and we were you know, deciding we can do better than that. Right. We can make it fun. We can make it educational and entertaining. So we created the investigation game, which is going to be a series of games. Currently, it's only the case of the main cave, which is an actual case that you worked yep. a few years back. Multi-million dollar losses being stolen, etc. And we have turned it into a game. It's akin to like a choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. able to work yeah. through this case and find these facts to get a total amount of loss through the game and how much was stolen and where they spent the money and how much the actual total loss was. And so we have made this game that is certified and qualifies for two hours of ethics training.
0: Yeah, it's NASBA approved. NASBA We're approved. a NASBA approved CPE yep. sponsor, I think is what they call us. Yeah, Yeah.
1: So it's just like this legitimate and awesome fun way to actually learn something that is applicable to your your chosen craft so that you don't have to be compliant anymore. You can actually like right. push forward, which I just think is awesome. And I'm a big fan of gamifying anything. Yes. Because I think it's one of the best ways to learn and the best ways to like internalize something.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it has become kind of a theme throughout all of our products and even the ones that we're about to roll out and in Find Money in Divorce. The different modules of the Find Money in Divorce workshop are going to have kind of game-like, gamified situations in each module that help the people attending learn those skills so that it's not, okay, I've got to remember that this line goes on this bank statement over here but so i kind of uncover and build some confidence in oh these are the things i know so then we can now move those to aside and now i'm feeling a little more confident and then with that confidence go and learn these new skills i think gamifying things that's what that does instead of it feeling like oh my gosh i have to learn all of this and know how to do it you can actually identify oh this piece is just logic and this piece is where i need to know a little more
1: technical stuff, stuff. so that makes a mm-hmm. of sense to me yeah, do what? it. Makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah,
0: so I think it's fun, and I think it's I like how it's just kind of being woven throughout what we're doing.
1: Yeah, right now. Yeah,
0: which is really great. I agree. And both of you have played the game. Mm-hmm. You give it a thumbs up. Oh, definitely. Two of them, really. Yeah, two. Good, good.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I know nothing about accounting, oh, and we I'm not judging a CPA. But it's that like, oh, no, I know. Right at the interview, he's like, either. obviously you don't. <laughs> so I mean I played the game and I was nervous to play it because mm-hmm. walking in I was like I don't know anything about about accounting like I knew I would be the person on the team that I'm morale I'll bring snacks like that's <laughs> all I have to offer
0: you bring the orange slices exactly I'm half-time. like come on yeah. you guys
2: you got it but like while we were playing I think about like because you have like an hour to play it mm-hmm. so I think about 25 minutes in something just clicked and I was just like oh <gasps> that's not a real business. Like, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I was like, that's fake, that's fake, wait a second. And it just yes. felt so cool. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I could be an accountant. Like, yeah. it was just yeah. like, I had that moment and I would have never had that if you had just told me a story about accounting and told me, remember this, remember that. I'd be like, oh, "Okay." Right. But in the game, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this doesn't make sense, these don't add up. And it was such a cool feeling. Like, yeah. I felt like I was figuring it out. It's awesome yeah, to hear. It's so fun. It was exhilarating. One of
0: my favorite things too is whenever we're doing our case planning workshops for like data sleuth cases and someone will say, Oh, that was in the game. Like, I just love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because when we put the game together, we, you know, we created traps based on the most common tra- things that we see people kind of slip into. I mean, it's really based on real life, which I think is cool. But then at the same time, there's a lot of behaviors that clients have going through this process and they're addressed or kind of symbolized in their symbolism about those behaviors in the game too. And so it's just really fun to see like newer analysts of like, "Oh, this was in the game." <laughs> yes. Yes, this is not. This was on purpose. Mm-hmm. This is intentional. <laughs> it's like you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tim, what are some of the things you're most excited for? I mean, I'm we're just, working on
1: the, the the things I'm most excited for. I'm excited for all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. are just more game modules. Yes. Um, I'm really excited to roll those out, get some different types of games in there that teach more things. I say we gamify the whole 20 hour, how many hours you need. Oh, yeah, I know.
0: I know. Like, CPAs need 40 hours. Yeah, it's let's, 40 let's hours gamify of... the whole thing. All right. I'm just At, least At least 20 for CPAs. At least yeah. 20. At least for product yeah. examiners, 20
1: hours. Yes. Yeah. But, like, just the idea of being able to... Because I, in college, I remember, I had several professors that would just read a PowerPoint to you. Yeah. Or read from the book to you. And it's like, why yeah. am I paying for this? This is just just tell me what book to read read. like Mm -hmm. i can do this on my own and so anytime i can eliminate things like that in real life i'm pumped for right because i hate wasting people's time yeah and i like being able to entertain people yeah and the fact that we can productive while doing it is just the icing on the cake
0: absolutely and then just with games and technology like making those games digital in the future, having my favorite thing you've said is like talking about the leaderboards. Mm -hmm. I think that's super exciting. Just different things that can build community even if you're not sitting around the table together. One of the greatest compliments I think we get at the end of any game is, when's your next one? And one of these days we're going to have this much more time for you to start making some of this happen.
1: It's so funny to me as well because a lot of people don't realize how much time goes into oh, a game man. and how much, like, effort and testing you have to do to make it fun.
0: Well, and to make sure it doesn't break. Yeah. It, especially in the case of the man cave. Like, there's we made it where there's really only one right answer, but you can't have people breaking it and ending up with all these other answers. At least we can tell them, you know, this is why that your answer isn't correct because you missed this, this, and this, and yeah. getting it to that point.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of development time in them, and it's, yeah. it's just funny because, like, I've been in the game industry for a decade now and I get how long it takes to go from idea to finished product to some yeah. amount. I mean always it's gonna be different, but right. And it's just funny when people finishing it's like, when's the next one? <laughs> no. It's like, well
0: This one only took eighteen months, yeah. so we haven't even started the next one yet. I know, so okay, your turn, Alicia. What are some of the things or one of the things that you're excited about that we're working on right now?
2: I would say one of the things I'm most excited for is My Favorite Case. And what is that? So My Favorite Case is kind of this documentary style thing that we're going to start putting out where Leah is going to be interviewing different forensic accountants on their favorite case. And I'm super excited about it because I love the idea of it being documentary style and like pretty stylistic. And our plan is to kind of... Go to different places around Tulsa, different restaurants or, like, cafes and stuff because, you know, we support local businesses. That's right.
0: (laughs) And not just in Tulsa because, you know, we may have to travel when this is, like, such a big deal. We may have to travel and interview people in their cities, which would be awesome.
2: I think that'd be... See, that's a big part of why I'm excited for it, too. It's just, like, a
0: cool idea. (laughs) I'm going to get free trips. No. (laughs) No, Hopefully, but...
2: But so I'm excited for it just because while working here, I've come to learn that the forensic accounting field is super interesting. First thing I learned from Case of the Man Cave, mm-hmm. like it's just yeah. so cool to think of, you know, all the different avenues you have to go through, the people you have to work with. Every case is so different and so interesting and so packed filled with like drama. Yes. And like you wouldn't think like in this field there'd be so
0: much drama, but there is. Oh. Like, Like that's the number one rule. Like, don't listen to the drama and just focus on the facts. Yeah. Yeah, because there's so much of it. Mm -hmm. But it's like... But it makes great stories.
2: It does. It's great stories, but it's nice to know at the end of the day, there's this drama and, like, all these opinions, but everything's based on the facts. Yeah. You know? And it's... I'm just super excited for how it's going to come out, how it's going to look, and all the people we get to talk to about their different experiences and all the crazy things that they've had to go through in all their years of experience, so...
0: Yeah. I'm, I am so excited for my favorite case and really the whole inspiration behind it is that while, you know, just in creating Workman Forensics nine years ago, and even before that, when I worked for the FBI for a couple of years, I got to listen to so many stories. And it was those stories that really were the training to lead up to just the different cases that I started working. And I would attend train, you know, like CPE events. And I would try to go to the ones where they told case stories because I thought I need to tuck that away just in case I ever have a payroll case like this, or just in case I ever have, you know, cause I didn't really know how to get the skills that I needed. So I thought maybe if I hear a story at the very minimum, I can remember who told that story and then I can call them and get help whenever that type of case comes in. Like that was my plan. And it worked really well as that started working. And I thought, man, how could we preserve these stories? Because so many of the people who shared their experiences with me are now retiring, and they just have so much wisdom and knowledge. And I'd like to preserve it, not just for my team, but for anyone else interested in this. And then, yeah, the fact that they are great stories and the drama involved and what, you know, human behavior is just interesting. And so even if we're focusing on data and facts, just the human side of, these stories is just fascinating what what goes on in somebody's mind to decide that they're going to harm someone but in their mind they're actually not harming like they don't actually intend to hurt someone you know mm-hmm. or maybe the ones that that is their intent and what you have to go through to get there and
1: yeah. so
0: i'm excited for you guys to you get to you get to actually put your degree to work i know it's gonna be so exciting
1: very uh, few people can actually say that
0: i know it's coming from dim yeah no it's it's awesome the music behind the documentaries that will be fantastic because of this guy
2: so yeah see everybody's majors are
0: just that's right (laughs) all coming together yeah that's so fun yeah um so we do have several investigators lined up but we are going to let people apply Mm -hmm. to see if they want to be on i mean just if there's a story that you think you want to share
2: yeah So if you have like a super cool case that you think is crazy interesting, you got to let us know. Podcast at workmanforensics.com. I want to read about it because I'm just just new to this world. And every time I hear a story, I'm just like,
0: what? Every time. No way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So send them in. I want to know. Yes. Just an investigative story. It doesn't have to be about numbers, just investigation in general. Mm -hmm. So your favorite case. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the project that I'm most excited about. What are you about? excited uh, for, Thanks for asking, for. Tim. <laughs> so nice. One of the things we've incorporated at Workman are, you know, the find money and divorce workshops, but also internally as part of our data sleuth process, we do this uh, workshop style where we create a plan. And what I realized was this particular model that we use and kind of have adapted to our work environment, I realized we could actually help people prevent fraud in their own business, by doing a workshop with individuals to help them with their internal controls and segregation of duties. And as soon as I said internal controls and segregation of duties, everybody's like, "Eh, boring. Right. And we get asked all the time as part of our reports to provide recommendations. And whenever I sit down to write those sections of the reports, I mean, I can tell them where they need to make some improvements. Right. I'm like, what value am I creating here? Like if I just tell you you need to separate the person who collects the cash from the person who deposits the cash blah 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 like you fall asleep halfway through the paragraph and then are you actually going to update your procedures, you know, are you, are there actually going to be any changes? Are we creating any value by writing this paragraph? And some people might say, "Yes, I just I just don't feel the value and I really want our customer our clients to leave better than they came. What we're offering our procedures that are hosted by our data sleuths and they're called procedures workshops. We really want everyone involved in whatever part of your business or organization is just has the weakest controls to participate. Who's the person that does collect cash? Who's the person that does maybe put all the financials together? Every level of management that needs to participate, put them all in one room and let's workshop some of these problems and create a solution that fits your resources, your personalities, your skill sets. what do we need to add maybe as a technology component and do that in a few hours. And then the really nice part is that Workman Forensics and our data sleuth team, they put together a new policies procedures manual based on the results of that workshop. So you don't have to go back to your office and type everything up, you know, and you're all excited, type all that up and now the excitement's gone. We can actually take what you created we'll put it together in a procedures manual to get back to you in a timely fashion so that you can start implementing those things before the excitement wears off. And getting to team up with this, the ACFE says that the number one way to detect fraud in an organization is by having an anonymous confidential hotline. And so Workman Forensics actually has a fraud hotline. Most of my team didn't even know we had this, Uh, but it's called Report Fraud. And so, with our procedures workshops, we just think that it would make so much sense that if we're going to improve your procedures, to give you access to the fraud hotline as well, and implement that all at the same time, it's just a really great way to help people. Yeah. yeah. And hmm, kind of gamifying the procedures process. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, it it I can wrap. Together. I can, I can put it in any Polish. conversation. Oh, Polish, <laughs> yeah. Full circle. Anyway. Well, Tim, Leisha, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for great. being on our creative team and <laughs> for getting our podcast together and posted every week and then sharing about it. Workman Forensics is definitely better having yeah. you guys on board. Oh, shucks. I love my
2: job. It's not like a boss. And your job, thing. Thing. Oh, Thanks. Oh, that's good. No, no, thanks, thanks for having
0: us. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To get updates on future podcasts, events, and resources, please subscribe to our podcast, our YouTube channel, and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.